0: How to Succeed at Marriage, God's Way, with Scott Lapierre, the author of Marriage, God's Way, on episode number 216 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller.
1: You know, I would say just trying to, to balance our lives in general is pretty crazy. Being a being a senior pastor would be a full-time job without throwing in the, the children, but you know, having nine kids would be a full-time job without throwing in the, the pastoring or authoring. And so yeah, it's life in general can be very overwhelming and stressful at times.
0: Good people, welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. This is the podcast where we welcome you no matter where you're at in life. If you've had some adversity, if you've had some episodes of depression, if you've had difficulty in marriage with a divorce, if you've suffered with disease, or maybe have problems with debt, or even experienced the grief of death in your life, we can help. We're here to help you to face these adversities and to grow through what you go through and to navigate these adversities to achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. We're here to be helpful to you. This podcast is brought to you by the 40-Day Way, which is our coaching program. You can find it at drbradmiller.com slash 40-Day Way. This begins the process of creating your POP, your promised life plan, which is your written plan to help you to get unstuck from the things which bring you down and to navigate through them and come to a better place, a place of peace, prosperity, and purpose. You can find that at drbradmiller.com slash 40dayway. It's at drbradmiller.com where you can find well over 200 episodes of this podcast where we have experts and leaders and authors who will help you to deal with many, many aspects of life. Today, we have an author and a pastor and a leader who is here to help us in several aspects of life, particularly marriage. His name is Scott LaPierre. He's the pastor of the Woodland Christian Center in Woodland, Virginia, and he is author of several books along the Living God's Way series. In particular, today we're going to be talking about marriage, God's Way. Marriage is a tough tough challenge for many many people and divorce rates are high and it's one of the key things we deal with here on beyond adversity is broken relationships and Scott and his wife Katie have the challenge in their life and the joy and the opportunity of nine children and they are just passionate about their children and parenting and homeschooling and he and, and teaching and living their life God's way but of course when you have Marriage in and of itself is a challenge, and nine children, balancing finances and schedules and school and housing and marital relationships and the whole bit uh, gets complicated in the best of times. And, and with nine children, my goodness, that, that's, a, that's something else. And he's a busy pastor, He writes books, several books, and he is offering uh, advice to you here today. But he talks in our podcast today about facing and trials in life and getting through those trials. So you're going to feel today some of the challenges that Scott and his wife Katie deal with as they uh, go through their marriage together and how they work through it. We're going to hear about how faith is a big part. You're going to learn today about Scott and his wife came into their personal faith in Jesus Christ and how that helps them to weather the trials. We're going to learn about some of the most common uh, problems in marriages and how finances is all a part of that too. And how do people, how men can grow as husbands and women can grow as wives and how to persevere through trials. And he's going to talk about some of the processes that he and his wife Katie go through in this and And you're going to help us whatever trials and difficulties we are going through. But marriage is certainly one of the arenas which uh, many people have to face and which uh, means that you have to have the give and take uh, with your spouse and you have to uh, navigate that with your family. He's going to help us here with this book, which is called Marriage, God's Way. When we come back on the other side of this podcast, we'll talk about something things that you can do in your life to be helpful. He blogs at scottlapierre.org. Our guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast is Scott LaPierre. Let's get into that conversation right now. Hello, good people. Dr. Brad Miller here with you on the Beyond Adversity podcast. This is the podcast where we help you to grow through what you Go through navigating adverse conditions in your life to achieve peace, prosperity, and purpose. And we love to talk to people who have navigated challenging aspects of life. And he has something to teach us. Scott LaPierre is our author guest with us to today. And he has several walks in life that he has had his share of challenges and opportunities. Today, we're going to be talking particularly a little bit about marriage, but it also has to do with some parenting because he is the parent of nine children. He and his wife are going to talk about how that brings some challenges into life. But we are certainly pleased to have the author of Your Marriage, God's Way, Scott LaPierre. Scott, welcome to Beyond Adversity.
1: Thanks, Brad. Glad to be here with you and with your listeners. It is awesome.
0: And I think we're going to kind of talk about marriage as part of the context also of your life, your household, and how everyone has a household and how there's challenges there. And I just got to ask, you have nine children and a spouse and your wife, and that alone has got to be crazy, my man. It's just got to be crazy. Tell me one crazy story out of your household life that has to be happening. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay that that's probably a pretty fitting adjective for our home, what our home feels like at times, yeah, having having nine kids. The oldest is fourteen. The youngest was born in September, wow. and so it does does seem pretty wild and busy around here. And in terms of a crazy story, that's interesting. See, we had a little time before the show, and you you should you might have asked me. I apologize. You sprung this yeah. on me. No problem. I'm just joking, yeah. Brad. You know, I would say just trying to to balance our lives in general is pretty crazy. Being a being a senior pastor would be a full time job without throwing in the the children. But you know, having nine kids would be a full full-time job without throwing in the, the pastoring or authoring. And so, yeah, it's life in general can be very overwhelming and stressful at times trying to keep things in balance. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: that's what we try to do here on our podcast is help people to identify some of the issues that they have and then to work a process there to get through to a better place. And so, in your life, I know you've had a few challenges. What are maybe some, either in your marriage or in your family life? What would you say are some of the real challenges or some of the adversities you may have faced that you have had to deal with here?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I could have mentioned this earlier. My my father passed away unexpectedly mm. last year, and my parents. We've been very close as my brother and I. My brother actually died of a drug overdose when. I was growing up. And so then it was just, just me. I was the only child and my parents have followed us around after I got married. they they moved closer to us in California. And then when we came up to pastor this church in Washington, they followed me up here. And so when my dad passed away unexpectedly, my mom was pretty lonely and. I met with her, and n- nights were particularly difficult. And I said, "Well, you know, if you want to move in with us, mom, we can look for a place together." And so we've been living with my mom as well. We had to get a bigger house, and we've been renting something. We're buying something in June, and so that that was tough losing my dad unexpectedly. We thought we had a few, quite a few more years left with him, and he had Alzheimer's and. I guess one thing I would share with your listeners is that often when difficulties happen, we can remember the truth of Romans eight twenty eight that God works all things together for good because at the time I didn't really see any good from my dad's passing. But in hindsight, I think there was really a lot of good when I was able to get a little distance and reflect on, it. I mean, one thing is just as, as you probably know, when someone has Alzheimer's, that last chapter of life is pretty unpleasant. And I feel like while I would have, Wanted my dad to remain with us longer. I feel like the Lord allowed him to pass with dignity, if that makes sense. We're getting toward that chapter when he's not, he wasn't really remembering names, wasn't really having conversations. And so it was nice. We had a nice, wonderful last day with him uh, going to church in the morning. It was a Sunday. We had lunch together as a family after church, went to evening service together. And then mom had called. That night, and she was really panicky on the phone, and I had not heard her like this before. I thought maybe Dad wandered off, or maybe he wasn't thinking right and was he had gotten upset or something. Who knows? And so, I raced over to the house, and my Dad was lying there on the floor, and he had choked on something. Mm, wow! And my associate pastor was with me, and we delivered CPR for until the ambulance came and then they came and worked on him for an hour but they weren't able to to save him. So and so that's why I say it was shocking because even though he had Alzheimer's we thought he had, you know sure. a few years sure. left perhaps.
0: Yeah, um, I lost lost my dad about yeah, five years ago and he had the last year or so of his life he had significant memory loss and it's a tough one. That's a tough one. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah then and you got your family, you got your wife, you got church to run, you're a pastor, I'm a pastor, so there's dynamics of all that going on. How'd you, how'd you, when you, when your dad did pass and all that happened and you're dealing with that dynamics of your mom now moving in with you, other things, what were some of the actions you took to make sure that you kept your life together spiritually and your marriage with your parenting? There's certain pressures that come with these stresses. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, for sure. So many times, I kind of think about the end of the parable, the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus tells the parable of the two builders, and he talks about these storms that beat on this house, and there's two houses— they seem to be identical regarding the way they're built, and they experience identical storms. The storms that that beat on these houses are, are not described any differently from each other. And one house stands and the other one falls. And so it has nothing to do with the house itself and has nothing to do with the storms as though one, one experienced lesser or more severe storms. And the other just had to do with the foundation they were built on. And so I think, yeah, you know, my dad passing, mom moving in with us, there could have been the, these are the sorts of stresses that can affect a marriage. I found when I've performed marriage counseling that it's often some external factors that have caused some of the the conflict in the relationship, kind of those storms that are beating on the house or beating on that marriage or what's mm-hmm. threatening to cause that marriage to, to collapse. And so, yeah, it comes down to our foundation, what what we're building on. And if we're building on Christ and his teaching, then we're going to be able to withstand those those storms. And so that's why a lot, you know, Brad, a lot of my counseling, and I'm sure this the same for you and your ministry as a pastor uh, is to point people toward Christ and strengthen that vertical relationship. Because when that relationship's stronger, it usually strengthens the horizontal relationships. And so when people come in for counseling with me, the one of the first things I'm doing is talking to them about what their relationship with the Lord looks like, what their devotional, how much time are they spending in in the Word of God, how much time are they spending in prayer. And I think that can be kind of confusing to people because they are coming in and they want to – unfortunately, people frequently kind of want a ref. They want someone that's going to say who's right and who's wrong. They want you to look at their spouse and, and criticize their spouse when they tell you how badly their spouse mm-hmm. right, is behaving. Right, right. And, and that's obviously not helpful. They want you to look at them and say, you're yeah. right and he's wrong. or They you're want right, a
0: confirmation of their point of view.
1: Well said, Mm -hmm. yeah, and defend them, and instead you're kind of pressing them about their relationship with Christ. And the reason is that if you can help that relationship to grow, then typically the, real, the marital relationship will grow too. Because I'm, I'm convinced that a strong relationship with Christ produces a strong marriage, and a strong marriage can produce a strong can produce a strong family. But a weak relationship with Christ is is going to be a weak marriage. I mean, that's why one of the things that I stress to people is that our marriages are reflections of our relationship with Christ. And so, when I do marriage conferences, I'll frequently say something like why do you treat your spouse the way you do? Just take a moment to think about the answer to that question. And I'm telling you that the reason you treat your spouse the way you do is because of your relationship with Christ. Your relationship with your spouse is an outpouring or a manifestation of your relationship with Christ. I mean, a husband that loves Christ is going to love his wife. A wife who wants to submit to Christ is going to submit to her husband. And so it is really the, an overflow of our relationship with Christ in our relationship with our spouse.
0: So you see a triumphant type of relationship, you know, between the two parties and with God here, the vertical and the horizontal. Here, I like to use the analogy of the cross, you know, the cross has a the, the, uh, the vertical post and then the horizontal crossbar, you know, that the vertical is what takes us, uh, connects us with God and the horizontal is with other people. And that sounds like what you have to the action that you're advocating that people take. And this is important kind of the way I like to understand how people can transform their lives is you got to be an action taker. You kind of just sit back and let it just happen to you. And what you're advocating is just a really, really, Recommitment and re-, re understanding of your spiritual Christian commitment. Is that fair to say here, Scott?
1: Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think that's very accurate. You know, there's that triangle analogy that if you've got the husband and wife down in the corners and Christ at the top, as they grow toward Christ, they're going to grow toward mm-hmm toward each other and to and to kind of ask people, do you understand that when you you know, when the Lord as a husband, Ephesians five twenty five is the primary command to husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church and gave himself for her. And to ask a husband, you know, do you understand that you love your wife not because you necessarily feel like it at the moment, but you love your wife because you love Christ. If you love Christ, you will want to obey his commands to you. And to talk, and so sometimes, you know, people go by their feelings or their emotions, and it's like, you know, I don't feel like loving my wife, or I don't feel like respecting my husband. Well, at that time, you have to draw on another relationship, okay. a higher one than the one with your spouse, because if you draw on the way you feel toward your spouse, you're going to probably ignore the person, yell at them, mm-hmm. who knows what. But if you draw on your relationship with Christ, that's where the motivation comes to treat your spouse the way that mm-hmm. God commands.
0: Let's talk for a minute some practicalities about how to do that. If you're going to have a strong marriage, you're going to be in strong parenting you know, or deal with tragedy of death and so on. What are some of the ways that you make this connection to God, to a higher power? And certainly, how do you—what are some of the ways you did that integrate that into these vital relationships, your marriage, your kids, your, your parents?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Like, what what does this look like practically? And one of the phrases that I frequently mention, whether preaching, counseling, writing is Christ-centered. What does it look like to have a Christ-centered marriage or a Christ-centered home, a, a Christ-centered family? And it, essentially, to have Christ at the center of something is to focus on Him. And so, if we're going to have Christ-centered marriages or Christ-centered homes, then that means we can't just go to church Sunday, worship the Lord Sunday, and then not look like Christians. And I don't mean we're being terribly worldly or wicked. I'm just saying we go to church Sunday and then there's no family worship or no family Bible study or prayer throughout the week. That's not a Christ-centered home. A Christ-centered home is one where we worship together Sunday morning, but then we also are having Bible studies and prayer time during the week. And I'm not saying it's going to happen every day. There's, There's times Katie and I sit back and it's like, hey, we haven't been you know, in the Bible as much as a family, like we should, but practically, if we're going to have Christ-centered marriages or Christ-centered families, that means we're going to bring the family together around the Word of God. We're going to, you know, when we have meals together, I'm not saying every single conversation has to be, have some, you know, verse at the center of it, but the conversations will frequently, Be you know what did you think about last Sunday's sermon? What have you read in the Word recently that has ministered to you? What if you know my wife will frequently have the kids write down a verse that they read that day that spoke to them, and then they're supposed to share about it at the table. And now, I mean, to be clear, with with my old with nine children, and the oldest is only fourteen there's a lot of our time together. That's difficult, chaotic. Sure. It's trying to get kids to set up, sit up, trying to get them to pay attention. You know, don't, don't have this picture of like nine kids sitting perfectly on a couch together, mm-hmm. you know, totally attentive to their father. It's busy. It's hectic. There's discipline, there's frustration. Right. <laughs> so I
0: guess I was just got to ask this point just out of curiosity, are all these children or any adopted children? Is there any all natural? just just what you
1: Yeah, they're all ours. Yeah. You know, we got married. This is not a commentary on what other people have to do, but we got married, we had the conviction to just let God give us what he wanted to give mm-hmm. us and we kind of wanted to get to the end of our lives and feel like we had God's fingerprints on our family sure. that he built our family for us. And he could, you know, he could have given us 3 kids or 4 kids. He's given us 9 so far. My wife turned 40 a few months ago, so maybe that's that's all we'll have. But yeah, we just had that conviction to let God kind of be in charge of our of our family.
0: Well, that's Amazing in and of itself, my friend. Amazing in and of itself, and it has to do with what I wanted to talk to you about next, and that has to do with disciplines, or have to do with how you organize life. And you mentioned already a little bit about some of the disciplines that you use in terms of a Bible verse at the dinner table, things like that. How have you disciplined your life and in your marriage and your family in order to live out? Some of the things that you're you're talking about here and in order to have to, in order to overcome when to overcome. challenges do come. What do you do now? What how do you live mm-hmm. life? You live life
1: yeah, so if, if someone's listening to this and they're saying, you know, I wish that we were doing these things more as a family, so those haven't been the habit or pattern or routine. I would say it takes time to establish these, establish certain trends or patterns in our families, and and don't search for perfection. Don't think that if you, you know, you don't read the Bible or pray together every single day that that you're a failure. I would say you know you if you look back and it's like you know last week we didn't pray as a family as much as I think we should have, or we weren't, we didn't have as many family Bible studies as we should have, just strive to do better the following week. This is not about perfection. This is simply about trying to point our children toward the Lord. And it's not a performance-based religion. It's not like we think that if we spend enough time in God's word, then God's going to bless this and totally turn our kids into, you know, the next, the next missionaries and pastors or something. We're we're just relying on God's grace and, and trusting that if you, you know, we point our children toward the Lord, then he's going to bring about what's best in their lives. I will say this, that if there's, for the men who are listening, because God has called men to be leaders in the home and in the church, then more of it rests on our shoulders. And so it's nice if women share the word with their children, but God has called men according to Ephesians 6 to be the spiritual leaders. And so that responsibility largely rests on our shoulders. And so it's not a wife's responsibility to say, Hey, let's go have family Bible hmm. study. It's a father's responsibility to say, Hey, let's go. Now a wife can say, you know, this, would, it would be a good time tonight if we, you know, there's nothing else on the calendar. I mean, Katie frequently does that. We our lives are busy and she'll say, you know, it would be good if we did our family Bible study at breakfast or if we gathered together in the evening, but she still expects me to be the one to lead that. So in
0: your in your and observation, I, your approach, the you're the teacher and your wife is not allowed to teach or is not, you don't believe biblically that it's her place to teach? Help me understand where you're coming from on that.
1: Good. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. I don't want, this is a sensitive topic and I wouldn't want there to be any misunderstanding. I definitely would not say that my wife doesn't teach or share. When we have our times around God's word, she shares valuable insights Many times, or when I'm preaching, I've said, when I was going over the sermon with my wife, because I go over the sermon with my wife every week. There was a, there was a family that would, when our children were younger, that would send two children over to watch our kids. So my wife and I could go over the sermon together. And there were frequently times where Katie provided some very valuable insight or thought that helped, helped shape the, the sermon for me. I'm just saying that because God has called men In in Ephesians five to be the, and First Corinthians eleven to be the head of the relationship, that it's an it's an unfortunate thing when women say, you know, I wish my husband was more spiritual, or I wish my husband would lead more. Mm -hmm. I I wish my husband didn't look at these things that he shouldn't look at, because it's pretty clear that God in Ephesians 5, you know, Ephesians 5.25 gives the command, love your wives, and then the following verses tell us what it looks like to obey that command, because you can see the command in verse 25, love your wives as Christ loves the church. Well, then why are there any verses after that? Because Verse 25 is the command, and then the following verses tell us what it looks like to obey that command, and the following verses say that a husband is going to sanctify and cleanse his wife with the washing of water by the Word of God. It doesn't say that the wife is going to sanctify and cleanse her husband with washing of water by the Word of God, looking to that responsibility a husband has to be that spiritual leader in, her home, but it, it, in his home, but it definitely doesn't mean that a wife doesn't have valuable con- contributions. I mean, Genesis 2.18, you know, God's creating, and at the end of each day it says, God saw that it was good. God saw that it was good. And what's the first time that he saw something that was not good? When man was being alone, when man was alone, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. And it's interesting that that, when that, occurred. It was before the fall. We generally think of everything being good or nothing being not good until after the fall. Yet God looked and saw man being alone prior to the fall as something not good. And he says, I will create him a helper comparable to him. And some sometimes women kind of cringe at that at, at that verse or being called helper, but it's actually more of a commentary on a man than it is on a woman. And what I mean by that is it's like God looked and said, man needs help you know, he's inadequate or he's sufficient or Scott Lappier or Brad Miller isn't going to make it. They need some help here. And so that's what a wife does. That was God's way of providing the help that we need to be, to be, I don't know if I'd use the word success. I don't like that word, but to be all that God desires us to be on this side of and heaven and, your, and our wives are that great. Your
0: God-given potential is one of the phrases I'd like to use in this kind of context, but let's talk for a minute about how you're your books and your teaching has to do with helping people to be their best. You're, uh, you have several books based on the, the theme of doing life God's way, marriage God's way, parenting God's way, and so on. So let's talk about these books. What are people going to learn from your books? First of all, you have several, Marriage God's Way, Parenting God's Way, and some others. What do people want to learn from your books that they can apply to their life in terms of what it really means then for them to live God's way?
1: Good. Yeah. Thanks, Brad. That's a question that I love to answer. And so, they're basic Christian living books. They're they're books that relate to daily Christian life. And the Bible speaks to us about all these different areas of life: marriage, finances, work, you know, parenting. And these are sermons. These are books drawn from my sermons. Okay. And so, I would like to say. That if anyone read my books, even if they didn't like something, they wouldn't be able to say that they're not biblical (laughs) because they're, I believe they're thoroughly biblical. They're drawn from the sermons that I've labored over each week, you know, for 20, 30 hours per sermon. I mean, that's how I ended up publishing books as my wife said to me, you know, you're pouring your heart into these messages. Every single sermon each week is like a love gift to our congregation, you really, it would really be great to get more mileage out of these sermons if you turn them into books. Well, I'm already trying to, you know, I'm already feeling overwhelmed. So I kept kind of putting yeah. her off, but this is one way God used Katie in my life to nudge me to publish these sure. books. And so, so I guess what and I, And Sunday's going to roll
0: around about books? every week, don't they?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's always looming, yeah. you know, you know, for us, isn't mm-hmm. it? And so it was very easy to put my wife off for some time, but I really believe God used her to, encourage me in this direction. And so if anything I'd say the books are thir- are very uh, thoroughly biblical. They they're not my opinion or thoughts. It the best I can I'm trying to present to people what God says mm-hmm. about these different areas of life. If you open the book I don't think you're going to see, you know, Scott LaPierre's opinion on marriage, on finances, on trials and suffering. My book enduring trials God's way it's basic, it's not, you know, I it's not how I think people should respond to trials. It's how God's Word talks about trials, what God wants to do through them, and how He can use them in our lives to conform us into the image of into Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's
0: also in several several titles there that can be helpful to people. And I I kind of suspected maybe you'd call them from your sermons the way you were describing your sermon preparation process. A lot of folks do that, and that's great that you put it out there because otherwise you're let uh, this opens up a whole new world, a possibility for your the impact of your of your of your message. So let's talk about the impact of your messages for a second here. Can you just share any time when outside of your own family? You mentioned about how being some influence in your mother, for instance. But outside your own family, either you're in your congregation or maybe readers of your books or some of the other resources that you put out, that you know that what you've shared has had an impact on someone there's been some tangible, uh, visible life change happened in your marriage or parenting or whatever it would be. I guess I'm looking for, to use the parlance, a testimonial here, Scott. Do you have any stories to share with us?
1: You know, I have a touching one I'll I'll share with you that I believe is going to stick with me for a while. I was at church Sunday morning, and there was a gentleman and his wife, and they had a child in a stroller with them. And they were coming toward me, and it was one of these scenarios where I could tell they recognized me, and I didn't recognize them. And it was one of those ones where you're kind of searching, and you're like, Lord, how do I? (laughs) these people know me? How do I know them? What is their name
0: Bring me the name, Lord. Bring me the name.
1: Yeah, and as a pastor, you don't – Yeah. As a pastor, you don't want to be in a situation where you can't remember. And so this gentleman comes up and, and he's, and he says, you know, do you remember me? And I said, I'm, I'm sorry. I really don't. I apologize. Can you refresh my, my memory? And he said, I was at a conference that you spoke at on children, you, and the blessing that children are. And then I went up to you after your message. I think I caught you at your booth and I asked you if you would pray for us cuz we were having difficulty having children but we wanted to have another ch- another child and you prayed for us right there and I said okay and I didn't even didn't even remember this moment and he said well I wanted to bring you the child that God has blessed us with after, after you prayed with us. And then he reaches in the stroller and he pulls up this child and shows me this child. And it, I mean, it was incredibly touching. And he said, I just, I drove all the way here just to be here this morning and introduce you to this, this son that God gave us, we believe after you prayed for us at that conference. And, you know, that was really touching because I believe children are a blessing. The Bible speaks so, so well of them. And And I'll just say this, if I, if I have another moment here, Brad, one of the, When I say this, I'm not trying to condemn anyone, and that's the sincere truth. My heart is to see people protected from experiencing regret. And one of the most common regrets that I've noticed from people is they wish they'd had more children. and. Again, that's not to condemn anyone who who has stopped having children or hasn't had more children. It's more to help people not have that regret when they get older. And so many people have told have told we've talked about children, the blessing they are. It's one of the messages I'll deliver at conferences, and and then you'll hear people they'll come up and they'll be crying and they'll say, you know, we wish that we wish that we had had more children. And so I, w- I would just invite people to consider the way that God's word describes children and before they take any you know severe steps to to stop having more of them. Because it can it can leave people with, with regret. Now I'll be the first to say I know children are a lot of things. They can be expensive, they can be difficult. I've heard it said that children can give you some of the greatest joy and some of the worst pain that you experience on this side of heaven. I believe I've seen my children are pretty young, so we haven't experienced any, you know, incredible rebellion or anything, but I know some people who have, and it's been excruciating for them. And so I, I do know that, that there's a lot of sacrifice associated with, with children, but it's the only time, I mean, it's the only time God uses you to bring an eternal being into existence. That's your house is not eternal. Your job's not eternal. Your car is not eternal. The books that we write are not eternal, but the children that we raise are eternal beings. And it's
0: a, uh, it goes on and on. The lineage goes on. I, uh, one of the greatest joys I've ever had happened this past Sunday when I was able, I have three children and I was able to baptize with my granddaughter, Baptized. my granddaughter this past Easter Sunday, as we're speaking a few days after Easter. And so that's one of the greatest joys of my life because it was a real indicator of that lineage of Christ being handed down from father to daughter to granddaughter. And big thrill, big thrill. And so what you've shared there is the thrill of how people have responded to the message and the, you know, really a message that doing life God's way is the, the way, way to go to in your it. marriage <laughs> and, and dealing with adversity and dealing with parenting and so on. And, and I know that uh, you have resources to share with people. You've got several books and you've got other resources. So why don't you share with us what, what people, if people want to find out more about Scott, where can they find out more about you and get access to some of these resources regarding doing life God's way?
1: Yeah. Thanks, Brad. So my, my website is the main place to go org, And I'm guessing you'll put that, put that in the show we'll notes. Put, uh, put that in our, our, our show to notes at
0: drbradmiller.com. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So my, my website is org, and that's where people can find my books, my conference messages, it's kind of the hub. They can find my social media, my YouTube channel with my, with my videos and my sermons and so forth from there. But I'll, but the other thing I'll mention is my, I have a free gift to your listeners. It's a, it's a, book, a short read, it's more of a pamphlet almost, called Seven Biblical Insights for Healthy, Joyful, Christ-Centered Marriages. Seven Biblical Insights for Healthy, Joyful, Christ-Centered Marriages. And people can get that from from my website, just my free gift. To, to your listeners and I, I hope you know it blesses them and points them toward Christ you know you were talking to me about books earlier in the books that you feel like God's put in your heart for you, to, for you to write in the future and maybe you've heard this before but there's not a ton of money in books so most of the people that write books they're not doing it for the financial gain they're doing it for the spiritual gain that they feel like There's something God wants them to share with others. And so I'm just blessed to know that I would write something that people would consume and that it would strengthen their marriages and their relationships with the Lord.
0: Well, good stuff there. And you can head on over to scottlapierre.org. And you can find that at our website, drbradmiller.com. We'll have connections in our show notes and his books and his whole series of messages about doing life or living God's way among the several titles, Your Marriage, God's Way. Our guest today on the Beyond Adversity Podcast has been Scott Lapierre. We thank you for being our guest today on Beyond Adversity. Thank you, Scott. Thank you so much to Scott Lapierre for his insights today on marriage, on marriage God's Way. He has a whole series of books, Living God's Way, Finances God's Way, uh, all about living a life of faith and how a faith in God through Jesus Christ can be a, just a thread that runs through helping us manage our life. You can find out a lot more about Scott at his website, which is scottlapierre.org. And there he has uh, a special gift for you that is spelled S-C-O-T-T-L-A-P-I-E-R-R-E.org. If you go there and slash subscribe, he has a gift for you there. It's seven biblical insights for a healthy joyful, Christ-centered marriages. That's a great place to start if you have got some challenges in your marriage in order to follow through, which has some insight and discussion questions about how you can uh, help to uh, uh understand and and work through them with your with your spouse or maybe a boyfriend or girlfriend or fiancé. And it's all about then experiencing a healthy, joyful relationship, one that God desires for you. Scott LaPierre, our guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast. Here on Beyond Adversity, we're all about being helpful to you, helping you get you unstuck from what we call the five D's of adversity, depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death. We all experience those. Many of us get stuck there. We can help. We've got a course of our own called The 40 Day Way. This podcast is sponsored by The 40 Day Way. You can go to drbradmiller.com slash 40dayway for more information about this course which will help you get unstuck from adversity and find your way to your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose by creating a plan. We call it the Promised Life Plan, your PLP. it help you get through that process. We're here to be helpful. You can always go to drbradmiller.com for well over 200 episodes of this podcast where we talk to leaders, teachers, and authors who can help you to navigate adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. I'm here to help. My name is Dr. Brad Miller. Until next time, good people, remember to do all the good that you can.
2: Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.